This is a glorious day. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. If you could uh, turn on the PowerPoint, please. I'm sure you've probably noticed all the various ads that uh, come in the mail. And this time of the year, of course, they're advertising things for Easter. Might be things that they're selling, you know, various food items or clothing items or whatever it might be. There might be ads that have to do with uh, activities like church services or such. But the other day I noticed kind of a strange or, or different ad in my mail. It was one for a cemetery plot. Now, I, I thought that was kind of different uh, to be advertising something like that, and I just laid it to the side because I really wasn't interested in it. I know people have been telling me my hair has been getting more gray, but uh, I'm not quite ready for the grave yet. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not ready to die. I, I think I am. I know I am. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior, and that when I die, I will go to heaven. But I'm not ready to surrender this life yet because I'm alive. What's made such a difference? A day. Ever heard that phrase before? What a difference a day makes? Maybe you've experienced something like that. You know, you're waiting for a report from the doctor and you get it back and it's good news. Or you're maybe waiting for approval on a loan to buy a car or, or to buy a home, and then you finally get that news. Wow, what a difference that day makes, that announcement, that report. My friends, what is so special that has happened to us involves just not one day, but two. Two days that have made a difference for us, that we're alive. Listen as the Apostle Paul explains that for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. You see what a difference a day makes? Sometimes when we look at things that go on on a particular day, we might say, oh man, it's been one of those days. But we generally don't say that about Friday. For some reason with Fridays, we like to say TGIF, unless you're a preacher and you're still working on your sermon for Sunday. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. And that's what we can say about that first day, that day we call Good Friday. Although I would imagine for some people it really wasn't so good. For the people in Jerusalem that, that first Good Friday, they were all excited, right? Their Passover was coming. This was going to be a great celebration. Not only was this a time to reflect back on how God had saved them from their slavery in Egypt, 
but it was also a time to look forward, to see how God would save them from their sins. And now they believe their Messiah was with them. But how quickly, in just a few hours, things had changed. Jesus had been arrested, put through some hokey trials, sentenced to death, beaten, and then crucified. They thought he was the one who would save them. And now their hopes were dashed. Although they were filled with a lot of confusion and despair, this was all going according to God's plan. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He was put to death for our sins according to the Scriptures. God's Word. It wasn't just that God was predicting this would happen and he was right. No, God knew it. In fact, God had planned it. God wanted it to happen that way. This wasn't a big surprise to Jesus either. He knew that this was going to happen to him. That's why he, is, as the Son of God, left that glorious throne in heaven to come into this world and live in the same conditions you and I live in. That he put himself under God's laws that you and I have to live under. That he suffered as we suffered and was tempted as we are tempted. But then he also willingly laid down his life as he knew, surrendered to, and wanted to submit to God's will to carry the burden of our sins. You see, this was all part of the plan. This is how God would rescue us. Now, getting a mailer like this about buying a cemetery plot isn't exactly in my plans. But... You know, Good Friday and Easter, it's addressing what this flyer is addressing, a basic part of life that's going to happen. These bodies will die. That's what Good Friday and Easter is all about, though. How God is going to rescue us from death. Because what it's telling us is there's some good news. Death does not separate you from God. What happened on Good Friday has restored you to a relationship, a right relationship, a loving relationship with God. Let me explain it this way. Recently, our, our country had its credit rating reduced from AAA. <laughs> In other words, there was now some doubt as to whether or not we could really pay off our debts. And you know, as our country continues to get in debt more and more, how are we paying it off? We're borrowing. We're going into more debt to pay off our debt. Well, having our credit rating reduced was kind of a stunning thing to some people. What? We're Americans! We're the best country there is. How can that be? How can people look at us now and, and wonder whether or not we can pay off our debts? We don't like to have that kind of an image, right? But the truth is, we can pay off our debts. Spiritually. 
we cannot pay off our debts. Oh, we, we, we like to think, well, look at me, I'm here in church early today. And I do all sorts of, of good things. I'm a nice person. We like to hide behind or put up a facade that, you know, we're pretty good people. And we're okay. But the truth is, we can't pay off our debts to God. But God paid it for us. Jesus came and lived perfectly and gives that perfection to us through faith. Jesus paid off the penalty for that debt when he laid down his life on Good Friday. And that means you and I, we are restored back to a perfect relationship with God. Now, maybe you've heard that message before, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've never really thought about it before because maybe you're hiding. Maybe you're hiding behind that image that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, look what I've accomplished in life. I've gotten a good education and good training. I have a good job. I've got a nice home, got a family. All of those things, we like to hide behind that image instead of facing this truth. I need someone to pay my debt. And I have it. That, Paul said, is a message of first importance. Now, you've probably heard this before. And so this news isn't new news to you, but it certainly is good news, isn't it? TGIF. Thank God for Good Friday. Look what a difference that day has made. But let me ask you, is this message of first importance for you? Now what do I mean by that? When something is of first importance, it means we value it. We want to protect it. We want to hold on to it. Now look at the things in your life that you consider to be important. Maybe certain possessions, uh, maybe certain activities, whatever else it might be. Do you regard and do you hold on to this message as prime importance? There's nothing better, there's nothing more needful than this. And so take the encouragement from St. Paul when he said, stand firm on this. That, that word that he used in the Greek means not only that you're holding on to it, but it also meant you're taking care of it. And you have a keen interest in it. It was also a word that they used to describe the steering of a ship. <laughs> Make sure you're going in the right direction. Hold on to this truth and let it steer your life toward your Savior, Jesus. The other day in the, in the mails, I'm sorting through all these things, you know, and on the bottom there was a, a magazine, and only part of it was visible, a part that had a little headline that, that read, um, a feel fabulous all year. That's the only part I saw. I thought, well, that looks like, you know, a little better advertising than a cemetery plot. So I, I picked it up, but it was the Healthy Pet magazine. <laughs> I've told my vet our dogs can't read. You don't need to send it, but... Anyway, it was laying out a wellness plan for your dog. <laughs> oh, how wonderful, I thought. A wellness plan for the dog. I need a wellness plan. 
I have a wellness plan. Here's a day that makes a difference. This day. This day that the Lord has made. Resurrection Day. Christ has been raised from the dead. This too was all part of God's plan. He prophesied it in the scriptures. Through King David, he said, Your Holy One will not see decay. Through Isaiah, though he prophesied that he would die, he said, Yet he would see the light of life. Jesus referred back to the prophet Jonah, being three days in that belly of that great fish. And he said, So the Son of Man would be in the grave three days. This was all prophesied. This would be how God would give us the assurance of our own victory. The Apostle Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 15 as he cites for us the proof Jesus is alive. He said, And Jesus appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. Here's the proof, and here is the purpose for all that resurrection and all those appearances. God wants to know, us to know, the purpose of Jesus' death was to give us victory. So that you, cannot, you and I can claim, we're alive. We live. These words that Paul was referring to and, and citing for us are simply demonstrating for us the power of God. You know, we try as hard as we can to put off death even though maybe we have to plan for it. Through our medicine, we're able to prolong our lives, but we can't prevent death. But God did. God demonstrated his power over what we are powerless. Death. As Paul will put it, he swallowed up death in victory. Meaning, death now is God's path for us to have life. Listen to Paul as he explains later in 1 Corinthians 15. When the perishable, that is our bodies, have been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal, that which dies, with immortality, that which cannot die, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We feel that sting of sin with our aches and pains and our illnesses and our troubles and our challenges in life and, and finally death. But God has removed that stinger and given us victory. Jesus tells us that those who believe in him will live again. As he is the resurrection and the life, so we too will be raised. But he also says, and those who believe in him will never die. 
We will never die. Our souls will always live. And at the end, God will raise up this body again and make it glorious and healthy and immortal to be like Jesus' body. Friends, that's what this is all about. Resurrection Day, a day that God has made, is an announcement to us, you live. You live. And it's assurance for us that though our bodies die, we live. So if you have lost somebody recently to death, have this assurance they are alive and in heaven with Jesus. And when you come face to face with your mortality, understand you will live. Your loved one is in heaven, you too will be in heaven. Therefore, we need not fear death, or anything that comes in life, because we have victory. Another thing that people use to deal with death, to prepare for it, is, is life insurance. All that does is make sure that everything is taken care of for the survivors. So I took this flyer and made sure my wife didn't see it, because she'd be checking the life insurance policy, you know, wondering what's going on. <laughs> but the resurrection isn't life insurance. The resurrection is life assurance for us and for the survivors because this is a day the Lord has made for us. You see what a difference a day makes? Good Friday, resurrection day, and that just means that now, this is our day. Listen how Paul tells us to live in the glory of this day. He says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. He's encouraging us to live now, and to labor for the Lord. Recently read about a, a priest in East Los Angeles who gathered together a team of physicians who were skilled in using laser technology to remove tattoos. What he is doing is gathering people who have, been, who have left gangs, and now has these doctors helping them to remove the tattoo. And here's the reason why. That tattoo was, one, a sign of identification with the gang, but it was also a sign of possession, that the gang possessed you. And those who have given up that life, and those who have turned to God, don't want that identification, and they don't want that possession. And so these doctors helped to remove that from them. But they described the process as if like hot grease is being poured on your skin. It's, it's kind of painful. But it works. You and I have a new identity because our sin has been removed. You and I are not possessed by this world or by death, but by Jesus. And here's the good part. There's no pain. 
He took it for us. And so we just live joyously and labor because God has called us now to share that good news with others, starting with our family and then with those in our own congregation to encourage and then to take it to our community and to this world. Paul reminds us that no matter how hard we labor and no matter what challenges come our way, we do not labor in vain. There is nothing empty or useless. There are results because God works through that message, a message to bring victory. So let us live and labor joyously and confidently. Oh, I suppose some might be saying that there's still one more important day coming up. Oh, they mean opening day. <laughs> you know, everybody's got their eyes on the giants now. <laughs> How are they going to do? There is one more day that's coming. That's going to be better than anything else. The day when in glory we see our Lord. But in the meantime, let's be reminded of the difference the day makes. To take whatever challenges and troubles and sorrows we experience and to turn them over to our victor. And then to live joyously and confidently. Because TGIF, thank God for Good Friday and this day that he has made, Resurrection Day. Those days are our days. Amen.